Tom Cummins here, and it's we're back again. I done with work for the day, and it's like already October in Italy, and it's still beautiful here. It's really incredible out here in the backyard. The birds in the background are like going psycho, so I hope they don't come over on the microphone too bad because it feels like I'm in a birdhouse here or something. Anyway, I want to handle some of these emails that you keep sending here. I slapped my hand and the bird stopped. Wow, that's amazing. So listen, let's handle one of these emails. You built a sales force of hundreds of people. What piece of advice can you give to someone with a great service that wants to build a sales team to help promote this service? All right, and then it goes, and in the process of building a sales machine, what is the most costly mistake you've ever made? All right, how do I answer this question? This is two parts, right? Let's go over this. I go over this uh, uh, point here where the costly mistake. You know what, I'll tell you something. I've built beautiful sales machines. I mean, beautiful things. I've probably, this lifetime, I've probably made five or six of them. I mean, just absolutely some of the most gorgeous things where I've had just armies out there. There's stories I could tell you. I had this one with AT&T when I was in the telecommunication business. We created this recruiting machine that would go around the United States. They'd go to a big city. I was selling AT&T uh, long distance services. This is like a billion years ago, right? Right when telecommunication was deregulating. And we would hire these people and we train them there and we'd send them out. I'd give them a guaranteed salary. And, but they, here's what they had to do to be able to make that salary, right? My training that I had for them was like done in one day. And it was enough to be able to train them how to get in front of a decision maker, grab the bill, analyze the bill, and give them the initial sales pitch. And uh, now, most of them couldn't close a door, much less a deal, right? They, but they did know how to calculate a bill. So what I had them do is during the presentation, they would have to call back to the home office. And that time it was in Southern California, Orange County. And I had this room of about six, seven guys that were like sharks, man. These are like professional salespeople. They knew how to close a deal. So we would get them in front of a decision maker, give the initial presentation, make a phone call. And cell phones didn't exist in those days, right? And so the guy would pick up his landline, call our office, our guys would answer, and they would take over the sales, called the tag, right? And it was incredible. Their closing rate was about 90%. They get that decision maker on there and they would actually close the deal. So my guy, the one that I had in salary in these cities all over the United States, would actually have to do five of these a week. That's what I required. I need you to do one tag, five times a week. And if you did that, I would pay you $750 guaranteed pay, and then you could make more after that. And these people started making money out over, all over the United States, and it was absolutely amazing to see this occur. One of the most beautiful machines I've ever, ever seen in my life. And unfortunately, AT&T whacked it, and they said, we don't want to do it anymore. And I went back to zero again, having to build another company. It was really, really, really incredible. And, but I have to say, outside the person that I was selling for, the service or product that I was selling that just evaporated on me, 
The biggest mistake is obviously people. Now, it wasn't the actual individual salespeople. It was the manager who was running the area. And I'll tell you something, guys, it's critical because you're a business executive. You're running a company. You have to have these phenomenal guys there that you know that it's not that they're just loyal. Are they intelligent? The ones that have their own ideas. Look, I say, here's what needs to be done. I go, I need A done. They go, yeah, he doesn't really know what's going on. I need to go do B or C. And this is the problem I've run into. you got people who have their own agenda and they have to be on your plan. Now you can listen to them, you can hear them out because they're down there in the trench, digging the ditch, and they might come up with some good ideas and stuff like that, but you have to agree with it. You have to know what's going on because it's your company. You gotta be the boss. You have to wear this hat. You have to know what's going on. And if not, this whole thing can take off in another direction. And I've had this happen a number of times where they just go out and start doing something that you're not in agreement with. Anyway, this probably, this answers this question. The most costly mistake is I wasn't paying attention to the people running the machine and these people ended up going off onto another direction and the stats crashed or they never got going up where they needed to do. And you know how I know this to be true? Because every time I replace these people, the stats took off. And I know this to be true. I've experienced it here. You have to be in communication with what's going on in your company, all the different elements on it. Because generally what I see is the owners trying to get involved with what's going on in the delivery and on this area and all the finances and everything else that you do to run your company. That is the key element there. The most costly mistake by me taking my attention off of what was happening. I had other things start to occur, but it is your company and you have to guide it. You have to make sure you know what's going on. What is being said? How's it being said? How often is it being done? All these key elements going on. You have to know, and I'll tell you the way you do it. You have good battle plans. You know what's going on. These guys got to give you daily reports of what is occurring in the area. You have to be able to get this feedback of what's going on in your business. So you make sure that it's being ran right. You have to be able to make sure that is not happening. All right, now the first part of this, Okay, yes, I have built Salesforce of hundreds of people. What piece of advice can you give to someone with a great service wants to build a sales team? This is what we touched on this in some of the earlier videos. There has to be a good compensation for your people. You have to be able to set something up where the guy can actually, in his mind, the person there, the he or the she sitting in that chair selling your company, they got to be able to make a good living. In America now, that good living is $100,000 a year. Now, you're gonna have different echelons of people. They come in all shapes and sizes, right? I don't mean physically, I mean mentally, capability-wise. You have to be able to make sure that these guys can flourish. They can prosper working at your company. They're your spokesperson, they're your sales force. They're the ones out there. You have to make sure if they do the job, you know, like, I, like I'm here in Italy promoting my company, I go, if you do the work, you make the money, all right? And we make sure that the work they do and the money they get, they actually balance each other. Can I afford the cost of sell? It's imperative because you have to deliver it. That's the other aspect of it. You got a whole bunch of sales coming in. 
Do you have the money to be able to deliver it and actually make a profit when you do so? This takes constant evaluation because these people have to be able to make that living. This is what is critical here. You know, it's that this team, let's say you get 10 guys selling for you, right? You're going to find probably four of them are going to make 80% of your sales. That's life. And the other six, they, you keep working with them. You're hoping they come up. They're going to make the other whatever percentage of the sales that are there. They too, they might make 50000 a year, okay, 30000 a year, but they can live on it. That's their expectation. That's why they're not great salespeople. Now, let's assume that you figured out how to get them that income, how they can make that kind of money. Now, you got to work on the scripting. Do they know what to say? Do they have a presentation to give someone? Do they know when the customer gives them an objection or something of nature that's going to be specific for your business or product? Do they know how to overcome that? And is it natural for them? How do they say it? Have they been drilled on it? Do they have an intention on it? Can they present this? You have to do this. And it's training that brings that about. That is the magic on how do they say it. It's the training, the drilling, the expectation that they get in there and they learn how to go do this right. You got to get the training material put together there. There's a lot you can buy from outside. There's a lot that you can create yourself. You need to get some, the data that they can study and apply at your company to make sure that their skill sets are right to be able to deliver the goods that you're trying to sell there. Then you have to have guys in there, sales managers, to making sure that the volume is being done. That's that third leg to the stool. They have to be able to get in there and make sure that they're pitching their little hearts out. They've got to be doing it eight hours a day. They've got to be in a pitch at least three and a half hours a day in there like going for the gusto. That is how you go about building it. And you have to have your matrix. You've got to know how many people are showing up, how many leads do they have to call, how many times are they calling, how many times are they dialing, or if they're door knocking, how many doors are they knocking on. All these elements come into play. You have to balance all of this stuff. You have to have your matrix so you can measure what's going on. Because if you don't, you're not going to make it. I just say right now, you're going to get lost and you will lose the game because it is this, when I call it the hard work, it's the complications that come in it. And you have to have your own genius applied to this. So you always know the balancing of what's going on here in Italy. I'm constantly flying all over this country here and I'm promoting our company, getting in there, talking to people, doing the presentation just right to make sure they know what we're about. We make it safe for them to come in and work with us and, and we don't get any investment that they don't have to do. We basically know exactly what to say, exactly how to say it, and now we're just working on getting it out there more often, saying it more and more and more, and the company stats are just taking off, right? Now, now that they've come on board, do I give them something to say? Do I have the data that they need to say? And I'll tell you, man, we're working our little hearts out to making sure that they know what to go do next, right? And, and I'll tell you, the number of guys out there selling our product right now is in the hundreds. 
It averages about 190 people a week out promoting my product across Italy. I needed to be 500, so I got to back it up with more training, more expertise of how to be more successful at this, and then make sure that they get their money right away, that they get their commissions. I pay weekly to make sure I want them to have the reward. I want them, these are commissioned salespeople. I want them to have that money as instantaneously I know how. And every Monday we do payroll for these guys and get that money out to them so they get the gratification. Instant gratification, a key element. That's another thing that we use in my phone room in Florida. We have probably three, four, like probably over a hundred people there that we work with and we got a budget of so many thousands of dollars a week where we use to keep them motivated because it's hard, man. It's like getting in there and getting, we call it getting your head knocked in where the people on the phones are rude and they're, they're not nice about it and it's brutal. It's hard work for these guys. But we have a, a program that called the SPIF, Sales Performance Incentive Fund SPIF. And we go, okay, the first, the next guy who gets a deal like this, or the first guy who puts a deal on the board, you're gonna get an extra $20, or another $30, another $50, whatever it is. Constantly having games. You gotta keep it up in the level of games. You gotta keep their head in the game. That's the biggest challenge there. Because they go in there, and let's just say they get on the phone at nine o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden, all morning long, they're in there pitching their little hearts out, and they have lunch, and they come back, and around two o'clock in the afternoon, they still haven't sold one person. Do you know what that does to their head? You, their, their head gets out of the gate. And by putting that money there, and go, look, I tell you what, you give me a deal, in the next hour, I'll make you give you 50 euros or dollars. And they go, I'm in, let's go back. And you get their head back in the game. And this is how we constantly keep balancing this. All these elements, they all have to be balanced and ebb and flow. And the cost of doing that, you gotta make sure that when you deliver that product or service that you have, can you make enough money to be able to afford to pay this and earn a profit for yourself as a businessman? This is how you balance it all out. I hope it helps. Till next time.